So it is uh, so good to be in a place that can laugh at itself and uh, can be real. Amen? Amen. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I just as we were worshiping, uh, just felt confirmation in my spirit uh, about the kind of people you are and the kind of place we are right now together in the soil we're in. This is good soil. There has been a lot that God has done over the last few years. Some of it has been hard. All of it has led you to where you're at today. And I believe that this soil is ready. About a year and a half ago, the Lord uh, was revealing to me in my prayer life that I was going to be a part of renewal and, and revival. I didn't know where that was. I believe that God wants to do that throughout our nation. But I also believe that we're here because some of you believe the same thing. You believe that, that God wants to renew you and, and our church family together. And that he wants to revive a region because it, our nation needs Jesus more than ever. Amen. And so I'm glad you're here. I don't know if, you're, if this is your regular place. I don't know if you're just coming back. I don't know if you stumbled in on the street and you weren't even sure what you were walking into today, this place with a pink roof on the corner of 58th and 12th. But you're here and you're in a good place. And it is our honor. It, yeah, my family is so humbled to be here and to be a part of what God is doing. And I hope you feel welcome because there's a lot to a welcome. In fact, as I was praying about where, God, where do you want us to start? You know, I, I've been in two churches in 20 years, basically. Uh, one of them we started, and, and so I've never transitioned in to a new church like this. And so I was praying, Lord, what do you want, where do you want us to take the church the first few weeks? And he led me to Luke 15 and this idea of welcome home, that love lives here. I think what we're going to do over the next few weeks is going to help us to understand and be reminded of the goodness of God's heart. And you're going to hear a lot of my heart through this as well. And so you can think in your mind, when is a moment that you've been somewhere and you didn't feel welcome? Do you remember what that felt like? To, to be in a place where you, you didn't feel welcome, you knew you weren't wanted or needed there, that, that in fact you, you had arrived somewhere that was ready to reject you. That's hard. And that hurts. And I, I want to tell you that that is not how our family has felt here. You all have been so hospitable. Let me show you a picture. Uh, moving a family of six from Michigan to Florida is not easy. My niece is with us too, so we had seven of us. And uh, it was an amazing journey. It took us a few days. So we pull into town last Saturday at night, and we arrive to this picture, this, this welcome on our door at our rental. Some of you had gathered and you had blessed the home with balloons and cards and artwork and food and can I just say thank you and can you thank those that did that because there's a lot to what it means to to welcome others and that's the kind of spirit we want to have it's the same spirit that God has to love and to welcome people it's amazing for the very next day so last Sunday during second service I get a text from my wife Cindy I was streaming service, and, and, and she sent it to me and said, hey, we've got to go and, and look at this house at, at noon. And so I get there about 12 o'clock during service. Some of you that are overly religious are like, wait a minute, isn't he our pastor? Weren't we in service? <laughs> yeah, you were. It's going to be okay. All right. And, and so I, I went to see this house, and as we walked up to it, we had booked a short-term rental knowing we needed time to look for a house. But here's how good God is. As we're walking up, I just felt like I heard the voice of the Lord say, welcome home. 
As we walked in, the house was under the price of every other home we had been looking at. It was exactly, uh, exactly what we wanted and needed and were looking for. As I walked into the master bedroom, there was a, a artwork over the bed and it said, obey his voice. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> then I look and there's a picture next to the bed and underneath of it is the tagline, love lives here which is the tagline for this series, if you didn't pick that up yet. If that couldn't be enough, we had made an offer same day before we had been in town 24 hours. They accepted the offer. As we got to know them over the next couple of days through inspections and other things, which it passed, by the way, they said, we're believers. We've been praying for whoever would be next. In fact, we want to hand you a map of the neighborhood and how we've been praying for our neighbors. You can't make this up. God is that good. He is that in this. He is that detailed. And he is that able. And deep within all of us, I believe, is that longing for home and for love. To feel welcome. To have a sense of community and purpose. And the primary emotion today in the text we're going to look at is the emotion of joy. And, and some of you are like, okay, I know the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I've heard that somewhere. But others of you have, have maybe missed that throughout Scripture, one of the attributes of our God is joy. And we need some joy right now, don't we, in our country, in our community? And, and let's look at what brings joy today to God and even to heaven. If you turn with me, as I said, to Luke 15, we're going to start in the first couple of verses. It says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Let me just pause there. Jesus is meeting with some people that others are not approving of. Jesus is meeting with those people. I want you to think about this for a minute. Who are those people in your life? Those people that when you think of them, they become quickly not a person that Jesus loves, not a person that, that God sees or, or wants to be in relationship with, but they become they or them. We live in a very divisive age in our country. Can I get a head nod? Like, Okay. There's a lot of people that many of us have qualified, categorized, labeled, that would be those people. And, and I believe the heart of God is for us to see beyond those labels in this season, to have his heart, because Jesus was meeting with those people and others, the religious leaders in particular, didn't like it. They didn't like it because they were in Jewish law had cleanliness laws. There were laws that were there to, to say you have to be clean, you have to be holy, you can't associate with those kind of people. Jesus respected the law, but he came to fulfill it, remember? He came to fulfill it, meaning he wasn't worried because he knew who he was. He knew what he was about to do, and he wanted them to see that it didn't matter where somebody's been. It matters who they're with today. And I want you to think about in your life, in the life of 
the last week, what have been those moments where you were tempted to judge other people, tempted to condemn, tempted to shun, tempted to stay away? Y'all quit smiling. God has called us to love God and love our neighbor. And that means that we need to be a people that is willing to say, whoever's lost, our God is the God of the lost and found. And there was a point at which you were lost. There was a point at which you were lost and God found you. Aren't you thankful that Jesus welcomes home people that maybe aren't deserving, people that maybe aren't clean, maybe don't fit the norm? You see, Jesus has a radical hospitality, a radical hospitality, a hospitality, a love that doesn't look like what the world is doing today, that's for sure. John chapter 1, verse 14, in the New King James Version, it says this, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was so, loved us so much that he left heaven to make his home with us. In the message version, version which is a paraphrase of, this, of the Bible, I, I love what it says about this verse. It actually says that Jesus moved into the neighborhood, that Jesus moved into the hood, that he came and dwelt among the people. That is how radical and loving he is. That's the kind of hospitality our God has. That's the kind of hospitality I believe God wants Pathway Church to have as well. Can I get an amen? amen? He wants us to be a place that loves and welcomes, but that doesn't just do it here, but goes out and demonstrates that in our homes and in the community, that we're full of grace and truth as well. You see, here's the thing about Jesus. In any environment he entered into, he took the temperature, but he didn't keep it there. You see, Jesus acted as a thermostat. You know, a thermometer takes the temperature. A thermostat raises the temp. Let me ask you the question. Are you somebody who has radical hospitality and also is willing to come alongside people and help lift them with his love to the next level? You see, to be full of grace and truth as Jesus was means that we're going to do both. We're going to hold an intention that there are people that need radical hospitality and love and grace, and they're going to come into our doors here at Pathway, and we're going to go into their doors out there, and others are going to go, wait a minute, what? You hung out with who? Don't you know their backstory? Don't you know where they've been? Don't you know what they're doing? Don't you know what they did last night? It's the kind of places that our God goes. That's who our God is. That's what Jesus' heart is, is to have that kind of grace, that unmerited favor that looks people in the eye and says, you are loved, you are worthy. I, my God, died for you. That's how much he loves you. That's grace. And the and is really important, isn't it? Because God loves us enough to not leave us where we're at. You see, in the lost and found, our God comes to us and he finds us. But he doesn't want to just leave us there in our misery 
in our pain. He wants to lift us to our full potential. So to be full of grace is one thing, but we also need to know when to be full of truth. To speak the truth in love. To say that, that there is a better way. That yes, you've been going down this path, but our God has this one that is so much better. Is there anyone in here who's well, ready and willing to not just be full of grace, but to be bold enough to share truth in love? Because there are people hurting and lost that absolutely need the love of God in both forms. Full of grace and full of truth. And I believe that because Jesus did that and demonstrated that for us, that when we get in step with Jesus, that's when power really begins to happen in a church. You see, we aren't just to gather as the church. We're to gather to worship and to bear witness to who God is, to hear his word. And that should be under a demonstration of the spirit and of power. The church is meant to move and operate in power, in God's power, where people look and go, yeah, there's no way they did that. Like, I know that guy. I know her. There's no way that that person was able to do that. That was God. And I got to believe, yes, amen. I got to believe that there is a community watching Pathway right now wondering what kind of place is it going to be? Will it be a place where love lives? Where they're full of grace and truth? Where the power of God is there? What do you want to be known for? I don't want to be known. I want to be known for his love and to be a part of a movement marked by God's power. Not that people look at it and go, oh, wow, they're so smart. They're so strategic. Oh, look at, look at what they did in their strength. Uh-uh. Like the world's got enough of that. I want to be a part of God's movement with power. Martin Luther King said this, Dr. King. He said, there was a time when the church was very powerful. And the time when the early Christians rejoiced at being deemed worthy to suffer for what they believed. In those days, the church was not merely a thermometer. Can you see where I got the idea? That re- I got to give credit where credit's due that recorded the ideas and principles of popular opinion. It was a thermostat that transformed the mores of society. That is what I believe God has called us to do, is to welcome people home, but to also find their full potential at home. And when home is healthy, that's what happens. Let's read on and look at what Jesus does next. He says in verse 3, So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice. Say rejoice. Rejoice. Say it like you mean it now. There we go. Rejoice. Come on, y'all. You know how to celebrate, right? You know how to throw a good party for family and friends, okay? Rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the 99 others who are righteous and have strayed away. So Jesus spends time with those people. He also seeks the lost is what we see here. 
that Jesus, in fact, has such a heart for the lost that he will leave the 99 to go after the one. And again, some of us have been that one. There was a moment in a, in, in a time where the Spirit of God met us, maybe through a person or a message or through another way. And, and that moment has forever changed your life. Think of how many others need that moment. How many others, God is saying, listen, my heart is to seek the lost. Jesus restores the lost, you see, to their true home. There's another story in the Bible of a man named Zacchaeus. You can find it in Luke chapter 10. And in this, he's a tax collector. He's notorious. He's despised. He's somebody that others would not have wanted to associate with. And yet Jesus, as he sees Zacchaeus watching him, calls to him. He calls him home, and the lost is found. And, and he actually goes to Zacchaeus' home which would have all, broken all of the norms of society. Because to be hospitable meant you were approving. It was almost like a badge of honor. Who did you invite over today? You see how radical Jesus is? Can I use that word in Florida, radical? I don't know. Your faces aren't telling me anything right now. Okay? I'm going to need your help. Like I'm used to a little talk back, a little, you know, amen, hallelujah, even a smile occasionally. Okay? And so there's this moment where Zacchaeus is welcomed home. And in that, Jesus says to the people watching this important statement in verse 10 of chapter 19, actually. I misquoted. It was Luke 19. He says this in verse 10. Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. That Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost. So what does it mean for us to be that kind of people in that kind of place? That believes we're not just here for ourselves. That, that the 99 are important. And I'll get to that in a minute. But that believes that God wants us to be out and to making a difference and to seeking and to saving the lost. A few years ago we had an opportunity, uh, my wife Cindy and I, to celebrate uh, kind of a second honeymoon, if you will. Uh, we'll be been married almost 19 years next month. Uh, actually, yeah, we're almost 19. It'll be 19 next month. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, as many of you can attest to, marriage is a lot of ups and downs, but we are so thankful for what God has done in our marriage and who we are today. Amen? And so we had a chance to get away, and we went to uh, Cabo, and, and you'll learn this about me. I'm cheap. And, uh, and so... Uh, we got to Cabo and, and uh, we get on in, got in on a Saturday night and, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to turn my dad on my phone because, again, I'm cheap. And so uh, we get the rental car, which I thought was a brilliant idea to save us money. Uh, but but then, then when they handed me the map, it was a caricature map. It was a cartoon map. Um, and and this will tell you a little something about how stubborn I can be. So we get into the car with my cartoon map. And I have an iPhone, and I won't turn on the data. So I have no GPS. And we start leaving, and it's dark on a Saturday night in Cabo. And I turn the wrong way. I pull a UE, and, and I'm like, oh, there's nobody out here. And sure enough, I did it right in front of a police officer. 
And uh, thankfully, you know, he's probably like sees the rental car. It's like, oh, you know, one of those Americans again, right? You know? And so, so let's me go. And, and so we're driving and, and I'm, I'm having this feeling of getting more and more lost. Like I'm just not seeing anything on my cartoon map in front of me. Okay. And, and so I finally start, stop at a party store. And this is on a Saturday night again uh, in Cabo. And, and what I didn't tell you is what I was wearing. Um, I was in full, I'm a tourist, <laughs> clothes, okay? Shorts, the shirt, I think it might have been like a Hawaiian shirt. I even had the fedora on, which if you catch me in one of those, please talk me down. I don't wear it well. And so I had my fedora, I walk into this party store, and I'm surrounded by people buying beverages for their Saturday night festivities. They knew how to party. Some of you are like, he just said that in church. I did. And so I'm surrounded. You can get the context, the moment, right? And, and as I'm surrounded, I'm completely lost, and I don't speak Spanish. I wish I did. And I can't get any directions. And so I walk out to the car. I get into the car with Cindy, and, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Now, again, you're sitting there going, aren't you? Yeah, I still have the iPhone in my hand, and I won't turn it on, Okay. Stubborn and cheap. You're learning about me. And, and so somebody comes over to the car, knocks on the door, and, and offers to help. Now, I share that part of the story to say that was the first act of hospitality where I felt seen. Okay? People out there and people even in here need us to be willing to knock on doors, metaphorically, so people see seen and loved. And so in that moment, uh, the gentleman pointed me in the right direction. And so we ended up in downtown Cabo, but I still couldn't find the place we were staying. So I, I turned on my iPhone finally after about an hour. And you know what? We were a mile around the corner and there within three minutes. And it was almost like God said, would you let me connect in the same way? And this is what happens when we see the light bulb go on in people's life. When we see God move, suddenly it clicks and makes sense. So a famous pastor and theologian, Charles Spurgeon, that said this. He said, have your heart right with Christ and he will visit you often. And so he'll turn weekdays into Sundays, meals into sacraments, homes into temples, and earth into heaven. Such a beautiful picture of what I believe God wants to do in our life. You see, the church is to be a home, Jesus said, known by its love. That, that your life is supposed to be so filled with the light and love of the Lord that our life together as a church family is supposed to be so filled with the life and the love of the Lord that we become a place known by our love. John 13, verse 34 and 35 is where Jesus said this, and he said this, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Amen? Doesn't say the answers that you can fill out on a quiz. It doesn't say all of your good works. It says that we'd be known by his what? By his love. And it's not just our love 
vertically, it's our love horizontally, it's our love for one another. You see, part of what God, I believe, is saying to us is if we're going to say, welcome home, love lives here, we've got to actually start really loving each other. That we've got to be a place that deals with our hurts, that lets go of our hang-ups, that allows God to bring freedom and healing. And I just want to ask you to be open to what the Lord wants to do. To have a heart that's open to say, God, I need you to fill me fresh with your love again. Because this church, Pathway, is known for something in the community. Don't say anything out loud right now. This is all rhetorical, okay? But there is a reputation out there, and even in here, among those who are listening to me or those of you that are online right now, There's a reputation, and according to Jesus, he wants that reputation to be his love, a place known by its love. So let me just back up for a minute and ask you this question. In Vero Beach, in this area, again rhetorical, get in your mind an image. What is the most loving place in town? What is the place that is just known for its love, whether it's a church or a business or a home or a neighborhood? Like, what is the place known by its love? Got it in your mind? I can't tell. Y'all still here? Now let me ask you this, what would it look like if Pathway became that place? If Pathway became a place known by its love? I believe that's the heart of God. And some of that will begin when we individually begin to let his love back in. You see, Jesus' love is so radical and so reckless that he breaks through every barrier, everything we're holding on to, all of our baggage, the things that we thought that, that we could never get rid of. Our God says, I love you just as you are. I believe he's gonna be knocking at the doors of many hearts today and in this next season to say, you've been lost and now you're found. And now that you're found, I want you to go And to be one of those people that shares my love with others. Invites others in to what God is doing. Three verses here at the end. Jesus again shares another story. In verse 8 he says, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and neighbors And she'll say again, what? Rejoice, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. What we see here, and you have to understand the context, Ten. this wasn't just a lost coin. It, It actually was worth basically a paycheck. It was 10 days of wages. I mean, this was a significant amount of money. And as she's searching for it, it it says here that that she lit a lamp. What does Jesus call his church to be 
in Matthew 5. Do you remember? To be the light of the world. There's a lamp that God wants to light through his church that will allow others to find the thing that is most valuable in our world. And I believe that, that he wants to turn up the light in our life and the life of pathway in this season. That in fact, he wants us to be a place that celebrates what heaven celebrates. The heart of God is to celebrate even the one, even the one that comes back to faith, that returns to the Father, that we would be that kind of place. And I gotta tell you, did you notice the amazing stage prop that is behind me? Thank you, Randy and Jamie Miller and Christy Otten for what you have done. This back here is here for a reason. This says, welcome home. And it says, welcome home for not just this series, but for the foreseeable future. You see, what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we're going to believe that God is going to be welcoming the lost home to be found. Not just at Pathway, but more importantly in his kingdom in relationship with Jesus. And then when that happens, we're going to turn on the lights to celebrate. Woo! That, that in fact, any Sunday that we come in and that light is on, we have something, church, to rejoice about. Because that light being on means that somebody that was lost was found. Somebody that needed God's love found it. And we will celebrate and rejoice together. Amen? Amen. And if that light is off, are we going to give up, turn around, and go home? No. We're going to get on our knees and we're going to pray. Because what we know is we aren't the ones that do the work. We, we are the vessels. Because there's a part that we do and there's a part that God does. And we'll pray that God will give birth and reach somebody in the next season. Spirit gives birth to spirit. Let me close in John chapter 3, just a couple verses for you. So I want us to understand this because we're going to have a lot to celebrate, I believe, in the season ahead. It is going to be awesome to come together to celebrate what God is doing through us during the week. Amen? Amen. It really is. I believe that his heart is that many would be found. And so in John chapter 3, there's a religious leader, Nicodemus. And he's asking the question, what must I do to be saved? And as he asks that question, as he searches his soul, Jesus meets him in that. And in verse 5 through 8 of John chapter 3, we see his response and the part that God does. It says, Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. We pray that God's Spirit moves. Our hearts need to be open to what that looks like in our life. I believe even today, God may want to give birth to something new in many of our lives. In John chapter 3, it also addresses later on in verse 16 and 18, verse 16 through 17, 
this important idea of who God came for. One of the most famous verses in all of Scripture. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So I want to ask you this question to close today. Who is the one? Who who is the one that Jesus has put on your mind and in your heart today? That he's saying, listen, I, I came and died for them. I didn't come to judge them or condemn them. I came to love and to save them. And if he's placed somebody on your mind, I want to ask you to begin praying for them, to begin inviting them, to begin loving them, to begin helping them find who God really is. But maybe for you today, when I ask the question, who's the one? You know it's you. You know it's you that you felt a little lost, a little confused. Maybe, in fact, you've been apart from or away from God for some time. I just want to welcome you home today. Say, Jesus is here with arms wide open. He invites you into his home. He invites you to his table. He invites you to be saved and renewed, healed and delivered. At least once a month, we'll receive communion together. And as you came in today, you received the elements. If you're online, scramble. Goldfish crackers will work in this moment. As we open this together, communion is a holy moment. It's a holy moment that we enter into his presence, that we come to a table of fellowship with the Lord, where Jesus says all are welcome, that when we receive the wafer that symbolizes his body that was broken, and the juice symbolizing his blood that was shed, scripture reminds us of how far his love would go for us. And when we receive communion, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11 that we need to examine ourselves. We need to come before the Lord and lay down anything that's been standing in the way. We need to be open to receiving all that he has for us. And communion is for believers in Jesus Christ. So if you don't know Jesus, whether you're online or here in person, before you receive communion today, I want to invite you to receive the Lord. We're going to actually open the altars on either side. We have hosts if you're online. If you're a pastor in the room or a prayer leader, I invite you to come forward. Because I believe in this time as we respond to God, there are going to be people that want to come and pray. They want to lay things down. They want to say, I'm ready for God to fill me with his love and to do a new thing. So as we respond... Let's really receive all that God has together today. Amen. Jesus, we come before you now. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for what it reveals about your heart for your people. God, we thank you that at one point we were all lost. 
but you found us. And for those that are just being found today, we celebrate that your spirit gives birth to spirit. So Father, in this time, we're asking for your presence to saturate this moment. As we receive communion, we remember your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. We ask that you would wash over us, forgive us of all sins and renew us. As we repent, may we go a new way and follow you fully. Jesus, bless this time and thank you for your joy that we can rejoice together at what you have done. May we come to you fully as we are in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. During this time, may God bless you as you receive the elements and as we come for prayer. Both the altars are open. You can stand and worship. You can sit. But what I don't want us to do is to just sit back and to not participate. Let's respond to him. Amen? Amen. Secrets 
that God is doing something new, a sense that God has more for our lives, that he has more for you, that, that he is finding you in a new way. There is so much good ahead. I'm excited to be a part of it. I hope you are too. Let me pray us out. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you even for that song to close. Grace is calling us. You are calling us to new places, to new levels of maturity and unity. So Father, I pray for each that it came in, maybe feeling a little lost, to sense you inviting them home. Father, may Pathway be a place where we love you and love all people radically with your love and hospitality. I pray that this week we would love every person you place in our pathway. Father, we would go and be the church you have called us to be. Father, for anyone that is still under my voice, whether online or in person, that senses you stirring something and they don't know what to do, I pray that they would come find a leader someone to pray with, someone to talk to. May none of us leave the same way we came in. May we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. 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 God bless. Have a great week. Welcome home. Go now and be the church.